Hello, homies. Welcome to another episode of the Agora interview. This week, we have Liquidity Wizard from Tokamak. How are you going, Liquidity Wizard? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, homies. And my co-host, of course, as ever, Dropkick Dan. What's going on, guys? It's good to be back. It's good to be here. We've got a very um, special guest with us here today. And what better way to start the convo? Um, maybe we can go all the way back, take us back to college, take us back to your research, your studies, and, uh, and so your journey before you got into crypto. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, did a PhD in theoretical and computational uh, plasma physics. So I was focused on fusion energy, in particular in reactors known as tokamaks and stellarators. Uh, some of you now, of course, know the name, the uh, word tokamak. Uh, tokamaks are actually these donut-shaped um, fusion plasma confinement de- devices uh, used for fusion energy generation. Um, and that's sort of where the origin of the name uh, tokamak came out of. We, we misspelled it. Uh, and and then sort of used it as this analogy for a liquidity engine that powers DeFi. Um, going back to sort of my academic career, um, in particular, what I was looking at was something called magnetohydrodynamics, uh, which is an actual word, uh, <laughs> also known as MHD. Um, you can basically think of it as fluid dynamics coupled with magnetic fields, and it's what's used to sort of study the uh, geometry and, and uh, topology within these devices of the magnetic fields that confine the plasma and enable this uh, fusion energy uh, reaction that generates uh, energy and, and ultimately, hopefully, electricity. Wow. <laughs> I had no idea what the sort of logo on the website was meant to be. I knew it was meant to be some sort of like uh, holding thing for like, you know, liquidity or whatever, but I had no idea it was like a real world sort of um idea is it a real world thing or is it like a, an idea people have about how how the fusion reactors should not yeah get too sidetracked on this. no no it's, it's a it's a fun thing to chat about for a few minutes uh, my old life so if you uh, google tokamak with an a instead of with an e you'll find all of these pictures um of these actual devices they're real devices um the biggest one in the world is called uh, Eat. It's pronounced a few different ways, but uh, Eater, or it's spelled I-T-E-R uh, in Cataract, France. Um, and if you uh, search that, you'll see this massive donut-shaped uh, device, a torus. And so um, when what you see on our, our website, if you go to tokamak.xyz, tokamak with an E, you'll see sort of this cross-section of it. So it's basically if you cut the donut sideways, that's the sort of um, uh, both our icon, but also it's going to turn into... Um, how, how uh, liquidity directors and liquidity providers utilize our protocol. So the idea was we have these two different fluid levels, which you're going to see soon, and those are um, kind of liquidity uh, uh, providers on the left side of the reactor, liquidity directors on the right side of the reactor, and the game is to balance this reactor. Um, and again, it's sort of this uh, nebulous, abstract, far out there concept, but what we realized was liquidity and market making is sort of this ethereal thing that is even for people that uh, use it and interact with it all day and came from market making and trading, it's still sort of this hard to verbalize concept in much a similar way where if we just casually are talking about fusion reactors, that's <laughs> a little bit of a, a, an abstract concept um, for most people. And so it's really nice to have these visuals that can kind of wrap your mind around it and think of this as like a reactor that's powering uh, DeFi liquidity. Very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that really creates um, a good visual and like leads into our next um, kind of question you, you touched on market making, but um, you know after your um, you know out of college uh, with your stint, 
um, in in um, consulting at McKinsey. You then let um, went on to to found Factor Wealth, um, which spe- specialized in prop trading uh, and market making on both centralized and decentralized exchanges. And I was wondering if you know from that experience, um, is that kind of where you came up with the you know idea for Tokamak? Yeah, uh, great question, and I'll I'll clarify that a little bit. So a couple of us from the Fractal team sort of splintered off to to found uh, Tokamak, but there's actually no direct or even really uh, formal indirect uh, connection other than that some of uh, some of the founders um, sort of from there saw this opportunity and then splintered off um, to found Tokamak. So it was it, it exactly as you said, uh, and and that's because sort of Tokamak is DAO structure, and we really believe in decentralization. And much of that came from sort of watching the evolution of the space and this kind of quick background and story that I'll tell now. So um, coming from consulting, it was yeah, I, I sort of did the consulting side to quickly get up to speed on, on the strategy business ops side of the world, where I'd always come from technology with a PhD in physics, master's in electrical engineering. Um, and, and so did that for a few years, but knew I just wanted to get up, up the learning curve and then jump and actually build things. I didn't want to just advise for the rest of my life. So, um, when I ultimately got interested enough in, in what was happening in crypto and blockchain, uh, January, 2018 left that to found fractal. Um, we quickly, uh, got into centralized market making and then evolved into DeFi market making initially with zero X. We were one of the biggest market makers in zero X. Um, and it was really watching, uh, we, we were very much believing in what was happening with decentralization and DeFi. And uh, fast forward to kind of, uh, I think in 2019, we were, we'd go to conferences and like we had these sweatshirts that said DeFi. And even at that point in the space, people were like, what is DeFi? Like it was not, <laughs> it was not um, widely understood at that point, even within the crypto circles, right? Um then fast forward to yeah. We uh, see, sorry, we seen a video of uh, <laughs> of you on. I think it's like Fox Business. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want to see um, back sort of as DeFi was just taking off, but where I was still sort of playing with the institutional crowd more, um, it's 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 a pretty good laugh. If you <laughs> you look it up, just because it's so sort yeah, of oh, yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll get make sure that we find that video um, and we'll uh, put it in the show notes for. For everyone on um, Apple Podcasts, yeah, we'll put it in. <laughs> um, Sorry, go on. Yeah. No, no, it, that, that's a pretty funny one. Um, I, I will agree, especially talking to someone who definitely is like, I have no idea what this person's talking about. And at the time, probably I didn't yet have the know exactly what I wanted to build yet in DeFi. So, um, <laughs> anyways, it was really from kind of being in that space. What we were doing was we were market making. We were working with a lot of the different builders and founders in the space and helping them with market making and liquidity providing. Um, and again, we were going into Zero uh, X, and then getting into Uniswap, Sushi Swap, and everything was, of course, taking off in in 2020, where all of a sudden this obscure area of DeFi that we had decided to focus on market making, liquidity providing, um, it turned from like a, a, maybe a strange decision, um, but one that philosophically we were aligned with, to all of a sudden being really exciting. And what we realized was all of these builders were sort of um, their their products and vision were often living and dying, uh, living or dying based on whether they properly understood and solved for liquidity and market making. And that seemed to us like a really um, unfortunate state of the ecosystem, because if you're building like some Web3 like application or gaming or location-based services that might not even be financial in nature, but you've introduced a token that sort of separates your users and other protocols from your product with the token, um, it, uh, that token, uh, that liquidity just pay, plays such a paramount uh, role, a very important role, where in traditional finance, liquidity in, uh, affects mostly traders and investors. But in DeFi, 
uh, it affects all users, uh, all um, people that interact with that liquidity and that's users, protocols, et cetera. Um, so it, it, we realized that this was very, very important and that liquidity effectively in this new world of Web3 was playing the role of bandwidth. So in Web3, value flow is replacing the data flow of Web2. And what that means is liquidity basically becomes the bandwidth in the system. And we really needed to sort of uh, find a solution that was a pro-DeFi solution that did not involve going to a centralized market maker, uh, did not involve massive payments um, or, mm. or huge uh, inflation or, or token grants, et cetera. And we needed something to be able to support these builders. Um, I'm kind of going into analogy mode right now, but I think um, one other kind of analogy that we had was talking to all these groups, it reminded me of what um, I had heard. This wasn't exactly where I <laughs> grew up. I'm, maybe uh, I'm not this old, but like in the 90s when people were um, starting up tech companies, everyone had to like have, run their own server farms and uh, employ an army of IT professionals just to then be able to deploy their product and then and and put their product on top of that. Then you had Amazon come along with AWS and say, we've got a service, just focus on the product. That's kind of what we're trying to deliver here uh, as well, where uh, I'll be in a, a much more decentralized manner, but um, something where it says, hey, we know that liquidity and market making uh, is hugely important here uh, and your protocol will thrive on it. Um, here's a service, here's a decentralized service. You don't need to spend all of your, your time and do this in a silo um, with each, each builder and each founding team trying to, uh, and community really trying to bootstrap their own liquidity, rather use Tokamak uh, and ultimately change this this large uh, cost center, either by paying market makers or by budgeting a lot of tokens as inflation into actually a revenue generator for the DAOs. So long-winded way of saying this, we, that was a signal that we looked at and ultimately we built this thing for all users of DeFi, including DAOs and, and uh, individuals. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So the problem uh, for uh, listeners who might not be that experienced in DeFi is that uh, uh, say a DAO wants to start up and they want to launch a token and they people want to buy the token. So what they do is they say, oh, well, we'll give out the token as a reward for people who have a trading pair, say on Uniswap. So it might be like USDC and the governance token. Um, but in order to keep the capital there, they keep on having to give out their governance token, which makes it less valuable uh, and it can lead to these terrible cycles where um, they just keep on having to pump more and more of their equity into sort of these mercenary farms, which are just people who are there for the yield. They don't really want the governance token. They're just selling it straight away. So it's very difficult for founders to be able to to like properly allocate the correct amount of money to do that. And it's not just not a very efficient way of distributing the governance token. Would you agree with that? Is that... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is, that is uh, very well, uh, well stated. So um, again, it was just uh, each different group was had to allocate so much of this inflation. And it was a great, I mean, I think most of us or many of us probably on this call that participated in DeFi starting at some point in, in 2020, they probably benefited from from that, right, as a user of this liquidity mining or yield farming, um, staking emissions, whatever you want to call, call this phenomena. But um, it really was a bootstrapping mechanism to get DeFi off the ground, and it's not sustainable because at some point inflation uh, kicks in and and then hurts um, the protocol and the users. So the goal of this was to sort of move beyond this inflationary phase of kind of unsustainable liquidity um, 
uh, unsustainable liquidity uh, initial, initialization um, or, or generation and instead move to a more sustainable, uh, democratic, on-demand, reliable uh, liquidity source through Tokamak. Yeah, as a new protocol, that would tick all the boxes. Sorry, I just just touching on that. And the so the idea is um, people come along um, and they give, say, you want to make a trading pair for ETH um, and the governance token. People come along to Tokamak and they say, here's my ETH. Mm-hmm. And then what, what happens to that ETH when they give it, give it to yep. you? Yeah, so um, it's probably helpful here to introduce quick the the two main types of users, um, and there's actually some others, but the main ones I think for for this call are uh, liquidity directors and liquidity providers. Um, so liquid, we uh, taking one step back, we were sort of trying to pull apart a, a market making or a uh, liquidity providing trading firm into its constituent pieces and source that across the blockchain. So rather than having um, you know like a uh, Citadel or Jump, where they have centralized all of these um, pieces to a lot of success, but centralized everything in-house where you have capital, you have strategic decisions of what asset classes are traded and where, and you have um, the trading technology and expertise, um, setting bids and offers in the market. We're pulling all those things apart. So we have uh, liquidity providers. Um, if you're a user that has tokens, ETH, as you mentioned, or any other uh, tokens, uh, OM, different different project tokens, uh, they can plug in basically uh, as an LP. And in the past, where they needed to um, deposit both, uh, you know, an ABC token as well as ETH to be a liquidity provider on, say, SushiSwap or Uniswap, we make it much simpler for them because we allow single asset or single sided. Uh, LPing. So any tokens that you have in your wallet, you're able to provide liquidity um, through Tokamak. Uh, and additionally, the uh, impermanent loss or IL that usually would go to the liquidity providers uh, if they go directly to SushiSwap or Uniswap, um, it's actually mitigated within the system. And then the only residual um, uh, IL risk is borne out by the liquidity directors, these other participants in the system. So our goal with all of this was to remove uh, basically all friction for liquidity providers so that much more liquidity could flow through, uh, f- uh, freely through Tokamak. Very cool. Well, that's a, that's a very interesting. And I, I have a, you know, a question about the routing. Let's say, um, you know, Olympus ignites a, uh, you know, a reactor and then there's a, that's, um, you know, paired with Toke. Um, how does that, um, you know, reactor get routed? And, um, you know, it's kind of like walk us through that, that process and how it ends up at an exchange? Yeah, great question. So in the case of, a, of an ohm reactor, you basically have liquidity providers um, providing the ohm. You have liquidity directors staking their TOCA to direct the ohm. And those liquidity directors are choosing between our, um, our exchanges, which at launch will be SushiSwap, Uniswap, Balancer, and 0x. And they're voting um, it sort of pro rata to wherever they want to. They want the liquidity deployed across those venues. Uh, initially, it will be paired with ETH. So separately, we have a pool for LPs where we are sourcing the ETH. Uh, and so we, our manager contracts basically pull the the correct amount of ETH to pair with the OM and then deploy it to, for example, SushiSwap. Uh, and and so in the future, we can add, of course, more pairings. Um, there could even be interesting ways to plug in OM sort of as the unit of value into this. Um, but that's uh, the basic mechanics on, on how this works. And so in that way, users can just provide whatever assets they have, and they don't always have to do this um, split or 50-50 pairing of, of assets, uh, again, removing friction for users. Very cool. Yeah. 
who gets the sort of trading fees from there? Does that go to the liquidity providers or the liquidity directors? Because they're taking the risk on the impermanent loss, right? The liquidity. Yeah. Um, yeah, very good question. Um, so the, the interesting thing about this is I often say that Olympus is sort of the black hole of value and Tokamak is the black hole of liquidity. We'll probably get to that a little bit <laughs> later on this call potentially. Um, but effectively what's happening is the spread, the uh, trading fees, the... Uh, rewards like sushi rewards on SushiSwap, all of those are uh, being funneled into a what we call the protocol controlled assets. So rather than paying those out, we're paying out rewards in TOKA. Um, so and, and that's very strategic because the protocol becomes more and more uh, powerful as a liquidity utility as it absorbs more of these assets so that it can actually start providing the, li the liquidity over time itself. So you can kind of think of this thing in like three phases. Phase one, we're paying the liquidity providers TOKA and we're paying the liquidity directors TOKA and we're internalizing this growing sort of um, protocol control controlled uh, assets, this reserve that we can then start supplementing. Uh, so kind of going to the next phase, we can slowly decrease what we need from liquidity providers, provide liquidity internally from the protocol's own reserve. Um, and you can even start sort of uh, diverting some of the revenues out directly uh, uh, to the liquidity providers. And then phase three, um, which we call the, the singularity, this is the moment that you no longer need external liquidity providers. So at that point, there are enough tokens um, within this uh, protocol that it just exists as a liquidity utility in order to provide liquidity wherever it's needed throughout the DeFi ecosystem um, uh, based on the direction of the TOKA holders who are staking and directing that liquidity. Very cool. You don't need the mercenaries anymore after a while. How, how yep. far away do you imagine that could be? Obviously, it's pretty speculative, mm -hmm. like a couple of years or a decade. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe next year. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. So if you asked me this like a month ago, I would have said like, yeah, two to three years, something like that. Um, and of course, it depends how quickly um, DeFi and really Web3 and the metaverse and everything expands in terms of how much liquidity is sort of needed to hit that uh, that that critical level to be able to fulfill the liquidity needs of the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, but I now think it's actually much quicker, but I think about this in a different, uh, from a different perspective. And this actually came from interactions with um, a number of different protocols, but sort of one of them that is paramount on that list is Olympus. So interacting with a lot of the OMIs and with Zeus and, and co, um, under, realize, I started to realize that if instead of just thinking about Tokamak in a vacuum, um, and thinking about our protocol controlled assets, how quickly it, it take or how long it would take for us to build up out enough internally in our protocol. But instead you think of a DAO to DAO network or protocol to protocol network where you can actually tap the reserves of others. So imagine like a bridge between uh, Tokamak and Olympus. And now you think of that as the system. If you do that with a few strategic, uh, strategic DAOs, you can much, much quickly, much, much uh, quicker get to this sort of state of singularity. Um, so I think based on that, now I feel more like it's one to two years. And that's the power of collaboration and cooperation. Um, yeah, it's, it's super powerful. It's, it's, it's interesting to see how that will play out. Um, you referred to, you know, analogies earlier. And if you were to kind of sum up what Tokamak is doing and what the, and what you guys are about to, you know, one, someone who's, you know, not crypto native, never heard of DeFi. And number two, someone who's, you know, uh, you know, been on a centralized exchange, bought a bit of Bitcoin and, and you know, hasn't, you know, di dived into DeFi yet. Sure. 
Um, so I think for someone that's never seen what's happening in the space, I generally go to this sort of analog of, of bandwidth. And I say Tokamak is trying to usher in uh, the broadband moment um, for the new internet. Um, and, and of course, then if they sort of understand that, they, then you can say, okay, again, like a lot of the things that were built on the internet in the past were not even really imaginable until you had, um, uh, you went to sort of broadband, uh, you, you moved from dial up into broadband and now all of a sudden you could enable things like, uh, you know, Netflix and, and cloud-based gaming and all these streaming things that would not have been possible with slow internet speeds in the past. Similarly here, um, in this initial inflationary phase of DeFi, which of course they won't necessarily understand, but you can say right now, DeFi is in its early state and it needs to go through this uh, broadband moment so that applications can, you can build new applications and applications can unlock their true value. So that's probably how I would approach it to um, those participants, kind of explain this in terms of an evolution of the internet into the internet of value. Um, uh, for those that are trading on centralized exchanges, first of all, I would tell them to come over to DeFi because it's much more interesting than what's <laughs> happening on centralized exchanges. Um, then after that, I would probably tell them, um, I would say, hey, if you're used to trading on Coinbase or Binance or any of these centralized exchanges, you're generally interacting with um, individuals and trading firms as the market makers. Um, and so those are uh, you know, centralized groups on the centralized exchange you're trading with. If you can under if you if they're familiar with um, the concept of DeFi and with Uniswap and SushiSwap, then you can say, okay, um, Uniswap is to Coinbase as Tokamak is to Jump Trading. So it's really this evolution of if if you decentralize the exchange, it only makes sense that you ended up decentralizing the market maker uh, into this sort of market making primitive or uh, liquidity providing primitive. Um, right, right. Those that are <laughs> Uh, those that are familiar with DeFi, we've already hit on some of that, yeah. but I would really say that this is going to unlock, uh, you know, massive value and ultimately is built for communities and DAOs and, and any users and protocols that need to interact with liquidity, which ultimately is, um, you know, every participant in the future decentralized economy, um, not just within DeFi. Very cool. Um, so this is an Olympus podcast. Uh, so I thought we could, uh, quickly, if you can tell us. Uh, when, when's the first time you sort of found out about Olympus? What were your like first impressions? Did it take you a while to like warm up to it? Were you like, this is too high APY. This is a scam. Um, <laughs> if you can. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm trying to think when the first time I saw it was probably four or five months ago, something like that, maybe six, um, so probably relatively, I'm sure compared to most of the Omis on this call, maybe not that early, but I would say relatively early. And I played around with it and found it very interesting. Um, and I admittedly put uh, a little bit of capital to work. Uh, and then because I was so much in building mode, Yes, but <laughs> an early Omi at a very small scale. And I, boy, I wish I could go back and <laughs> hit myself on the head and have flowed a lot more of my port over, uh, over into Olympus. But I found it very interesting. But I was so deep on build mode that my degening, um, like had I had I discovered it, um, you know, had it been there, and had I discovered it in like, call it October or November of last year, I'm sure I would have went ballistic because at that point I was <laughs> both uh, degening pretty hard um, on my personal account. And I also was, uh, and I could justify it because I was doing sort of market research on how do protocols work? Uh, if DAOs are the user of this, I need to understand everything. And then I was sort of more in build mode this year, which meant when I discovered it, I found it very interesting, put a little bit to work and then um, 
not necessarily forgot about it, but just got distracted. I wasn't doing a ton sort of broad, more broadly in the space. Um, really my second, my kind of return to it was the, the day that we launched, um, uh, discord for tokamak, um, within like the first couple of minutes or whatever, we had all of these, uh, these mushroom people, omis, uh, <laughs> flooding our, our, uh, discord, which was great. Um, and, and I was like, oh, I got to look back at this. Wow. This community is seems, seems pretty crazy. And, and I was realizing that there was this really interesting energy and intellect in this community that sort of had infiltrated ours. And I was like, I got to see, I got to go back to Olympus and see what's happening there. So, um, I think it was like a weekend or two after that, which is, I, everything's a blur, but I guess it's really just in the last month and a half to two months where I did the deep dive and I was pretty blown away and got into the, uh, you know, read all the stuff, um, finally did the deep dive, came back, increased my, my amount, uh, significantly, um, uh, for my SOM staking. Um, and yeah, found it just uh, amazing. And I really see, uh, talking to both being in the community, but also, um, talking to, um, a number of, number of the Olympus community, uh, and Omis on, on calls. What I realized is, we very much share the same sort of vision of where this is all going and the sort of protocol and community owned uh, future that everything is gra uh, gravitating towards. And I really think we're doing a very um, symbiotic uh, thing here where, again, I mentioned before that I see like Olympus of black hole as the black hole of value and Tokamak as the black hole of liquidity. Um, and I think that uh, value and liquidity are two sides of the same coin. So um, it's going to be very interesting um, the types of collaborations that I think we'll be able to do um, pretty soon and then into the future. I think we'll uh, I think we'll leave that there. Two sides of the same coin. I like that. You know, we'll let some of the homies ponder ponder on that one. Maybe and what that implies. We don't know, so it's not a secret that we know. Maybe liquidity was the mind. I can I can give you a little more, but it's oh, it's going to be philosophical more than concrete. Problem. Yeah, I won't I won't go into detail. Um, but we'll hopefully we'll be able to soon. But I will say much more to philosophical, um, where it's two sides of the same coin. I think of these things as for any uh, mathematicians, physicists, engineers on on this call. I think of like uh, value and liquidity as really position and momentum, um, if you think about it. Uh, and and those things are very interrelated, um, and of course have interesting quantum implications. And I won't go any further, but that might get some people's brains going, and uh, there'll be much more concrete things beyond just philosophical implications. Uh, in or philosophical uh, musings in the near future. We'll veer a little bit to the left, a little bit off topic, um, but is there, you know, any kind of everyday, you know, liquid or fluid that, or, or maybe substance that, um, you know, best resembles uh, healthy liquidity and if so, mm -hmm. why? Yeah, that's a great question and a very interesting uh, kind of outside of the box question, which I like. So um, I was I, I thought about I was I was thinking about that a little bit. Um, you had shared a couple of questions that might come up. And at, my first thought was like, oh, something a little bit like um, uh, some of these amorphous substances that kind of take a life on their own. And then I was like, oh, it's staring me in the face. It's it's plasma, <laughs> not just because um, we're using tokamak in this reactor, but also because um uh, you have sort of this evolution of states of matter, which goes solid, liquid, gas, and then not nearly as many people know, but the next state is plasma when you heat it up to the to the right point that you basically uh, ionize, and now you have uh, electrons uh, and, and ions like floating around. So it takes on this different, um, uh, I'll call it emergent phenomena that can exist within the gas. And I, I think the reason why I'm using this, not only because it works very well with this tokamak uh, plasma reactor uh, analogy, but 
liquidity and market making is nearly as much of an art as it is a science. So there's definitely a lot of, um, you know, quantitative, there's a lot of different metrics and things that you can study to see how well is the liquidity performing? Is there good slippage? Is there a lot of trading volume where the liquidity is provided? Um, and, uh, but additionally, um, and this is why we think the liquidity directing concept is so interesting. It all also has to do with like, where, what does healthy liquidity look like for this protocol or this DAO and where do they think it should go, which could have to do with the other protocols they're interacting with and what matters to their community, et cetera. So, um, I think this concept of having both this sort of, uh, gas that flows sort of, uh, uh throughout, uh, ether, uh, throughout Ethereum, um, pun intended here. Um, but also that takes on this additional. Uh, characteristic that's fundamentally different um, is really interesting. And that's ultimately why want, we want this network-based control um, via the liquidity directors to, um, you know, sort of see what what healthy, good liquidity looks like, which is not, there is not one correct answer to. Yeah, I mean, um, when plasma isn't uh, controlled properly, it's not exactly the safest thing. thing right? so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe we can just sort of finish out with uh with your kind of thoughts because you've been around this space a while now you clearly like think about the problems in this space a lot but just if you can sort of tell us if you think like kind of what are the big problems ahead like is there something that could make this sort of experiment fail DeFi that is not tokamak mm -hmm. um but maybe tokamak too if you're worried about sort of something there um, mm -hmm. just, yeah, well, I mean, we have this opportunity with you, so we thought grab mm -hmm. it. Yeah, no, it's a, it's another very good question. I think, um, I think DeFi, the momentum happening with it right now, like, I, I think we're sort of on this, um, we, this sort of can't be turned off, right? We've hit this critical mass. Uh, so, and I'm going to talk more about, um, I'm going to leave aside things like exploits and things like that. Of course there's, you know, um, uh, black swan, hopefully double, triple black swan at this point, things that could impact all of this, right? But I think that every day we go through this successfully, we're, that's becoming further and further de-risked. Um, so I won't focus on that. Um, I'll focus more on like adoption and regulation. Uh, and I'm not going to go, I'm not real deep on regulation either. So I'm not going to spend a ton, but I will say, I think that this can't be the, the amount of adoption, excitement, innovation, and just philosophically philosophically and futuristically correct behavior that's happening in DeFi means this thing won't be shut off. And if regulators come down in certain uh, ecosystems and try to use incorrect understanding of this to say that this is bad for consumers, even though this is the most pro-consumer experiment and, and revolution that's ever happened, um, uh, it, it will move around and it will be like some of the traditional financial markets that just found a new home elsewhere in the globe. Like almost everyone I know that really believes about this space now, now considers themselves more, um, uh, more a citizen of DeFi than they do whatever, whatever nation state they may, uh, live in, even if they, even if they like that nation state. Um, so I think, uh, I feel very bullish really across the board about everything. I also think that the, um, the snowballing effect and compounding effects and, network effects to use all these buzzwords that are are coming are going to be absolutely uh fascinating and i think what comes next i, I really think one area that needs to be built in addition to um DeFi financial primitives like uh tokamak and like olympus are building and have built is there needs to be more sort of builder primitives as well because mm -hmm. i think anyone that's a member of all these things know all of the 
challenges with creating a DAO and these new structures that are the future, but still are in some ways not quite ready for prime time. And there's a lot of friction there. So I think we need this group that also sort of builds um, decentralized building or something like D-Build. I don't know what the, I'm just making up acronyms right now, but I think groups need to kind of focus on that as like more tools for DAOs, not just on the financial side, but on the building launching um, side. Yeah, so you're kind of talking more, um, you know, on the operational and governance side of things rather great yep and community um, that's something you guys are doing quite well over there i ducked into the uh, discord you got your you got your theme going this sort of futuristic <laughs> anime very cool i like it a lot i must say i also really enjoy the uh, tokamak radio i can't lie i have that on when i'm working sometimes um but it, yeah it's also you know um in, interesting to see like the crossover between um, Tokamak and Olympus, there's a lot of similarities in the community and the way the things are being built by the community. It's awesome. You know, I'm starting to kind of visualize what the singularity will look like and, and the kind of you know, um, steps to get there. Yeah, correct. It's going to be a binary black hole singularity, I think. Um, and yeah, I can't say enough about the community you've built as well. And we couldn't have been more lucky day one having a bunch of Omis flood into our, our Discord because they're some of the smartest and most passionate about DeFi uh, participants out there in community. And I've long been saying that just as critical as your smart contracts and operation is the community. Like it really is the other side of this thing. And you can build the coolest thing ever. And if you don't have community, it doesn't matter. So um yeah, we've been we've been very excited. We focused a lot on that, and um, great to hear that some of it's translating. Um, and love that there's um, strong overlap between these two communities. It's very cool. I, I can confirm. Um, I was one of the mushrooms earlier yeah. on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. We actually, we actually had um, the founder of Rye come into our server, <laughs> and he was like having an oh. argument about something. And um, we have this like quote on our Discord, which is like. I'm one guy here arguing with 25 mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I'll send it to you. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, thanks, Liquidity Wizard. Is there um, any uh, – where should people come to follow you or the project? Yeah, great. Uh, so if you go to tokamak.xyz, um, that's where there is currently uh, staking and some attractive yields uh, available. Maybe not quite what you're used to uh, over at Olympus, but still uh, still pretty attractive. Uh, you can follow me at Liquidity Wizard. Uh, follow at uh, Token Reactor on Twitter for the main Tokamak site. Uh, and keep an eye out for some new uh, Medium articles coming shortly. And hopefully some, some uh, more things that will get uh, uh, DeFi excited and in particular Omis. Uh, so stay tuned. Yeah, thank you. This was a very nice, lovely conversation. Yeah, yeah, we just really appreciate um, you know you taking the time out to talk to us today. Always happy to plug in with uh, the Olympus crew and the Omis. Uh, happy to uh, to chat anytime. Appreciate all right. it. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll catch you all next week, Omis. Thanks for listening in. See you guys.